thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bold Platform. My name is Adrian. Um, I'm the host and creator of The Bold Platform. And today we've got a wonderful guest, Bronwyn from Need a Tutor. So Bronwyn's going to tell us all about Need a Tutor and how they're um, improving access to education for disadvantaged students. So welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you. I'll get you to start. Thank you. I'll get you to start by just introducing the concept of of, um, Need a a Tutor and what it's all about. Sure. Well, I mean, Need a Tutor is basically what it says um, if you need a tutor, but we are an online platform, so we don't run face-to-face, which many tutoring uh, businesses do. Uh, We're purely online and we're purely um, live, so essentially a bit like a podcast. You're... um, conversing with someone face-to-face, one-on-one, and but running an educational support session um, for whatever the needs are for that particular person. Awesome. And you're physically located in uh, Victoria, Australia? Correct. So uh, we're located in Victoria. We started up uh, about 18 months ago in Victoria, um, but we do service um, children from right around Australia, uh, most especially in the remote communities of North Queensland and Northern Territory and Western Australia. Wow. Okay. So how did Need a Tutor come to life? Well, uh, my son is dyslexic and uh, I struggled while he was at primary school with trying to find a tutor for him. Um, It became very inconvenient having to travel, you know, miles away with other children and um, and just the inconvenience of of trying to fit it in. Uh, So I went online to see if there was something that could help him, Uh, found nothing and thought, wouldn't it be great if you could just connect with a tutor from anywhere around Australia at any time via a platform? Uh, um, so I'm not, I'm not the first to do it, I'm sure, but um, we decided it would be a good idea to do that and just uh, to be able to connect with people and connect people from different parts of Australia with different parts of Australia. And eventually um, we launched Um, But what ended up happening was we were approached more so by uh, organisations, charities, foundations and uh, community groups that were looking for uh, a way of helping support kids that don't have the same opportunities as perhaps my son. Um, So it went off on a completely different tangent and we started feeling a lot better about uh, supporting disadvantaged and Indigenous kids as opposed to supporting your mainstream student. Um, and that's sort of, you know, where it's progressed since then. Right. And so it's yourself in the business. And t- tell me a little bit about the team or the structure of, of how you obviously run the business, but then in terms of your actual tutors as well. Sure. So the business is all online, which is great. So we, we, we run it online. Um, I have myself, I have a co-founder who um, has uh, been fantastic in terms of just, you know, when you're in a startup, you just you need to talk to someone sometimes and you need to bounce stuff off people and it's so hard being on your own. So that was a great process. We had uh, a web development company involved that I'd worked with previously. So they were fantastic. They got on board and, and helped us out and they still run the, the platform, you know, from the development and technical point of view. We uh, also have a graphic designer and a brander, which we just um, use casually. So she did a lot of the project stuff at the beginning and now she just comes in and, and, and fixes things up and, and does certain things for us when we need it. And then I've just got an advisory board of a number of uh, organisations and people that help us with the um, the partnership, the agreements, the connections um, and, yeah, and the funding. 
So yeah, it's a it's a diverse group of people, but um, everybody really happy with the direction that we're taking at the moment. Awesome. And so, how do you find the tutors? Do you find they approach you? Are you approaching them? How does that work? Look, it's reciprocal. We um, I've done a few Facebook ads, uh, not ads, sorry, Facebook posts in yes. certain groups that I know are aligned with the type of tutors we're looking for. I get a really good response from that. Uh, when people find out that they're tutoring Indigenous or disadvantaged kids, it's amazing how many of them just want to jump on board. And I have so many of them saying, Let, I'll do it free. I, I won't. Wow. Yeah. But people just want to help. And I found that that's probably my biggest um, comfort since I started was that so many people out there are really wanting to contribute, but they don't know how to. Yes. They don't have a, a platform to be able to help. But when you say, I've got a child in remote Western Australia who needs your skills and um, we can't pay you much, but we'd love to connect you guys and, you know, you could help this person. I don't think I've had anybody say, no, I'm not interested, um, which has been fantastic. So we've got a really great pool of tutors um, that we can draw from uh, and I don't have any problems finding new tutors if I need them, which is great. Um, our struggle probably more so is is trying to connect with the students and working through organisations that can help us find them uh, and uh, then locate them and, and then, you know, get them started on uh, sessions with tutors. Yeah. So the process for, say, a, a student coming on board, whether that's a, um, you know, someone that does sort of classify into that disadvantaged category or not, talk me through what that process is as some sort of onboarding process or you work out what their needs are. Well, see, we don't actually have contact with the students. Um, we're almost like an, uh, a third party. Mm. So we, we work between, or we're a service delivery um, organisation, but we don't have access directly. So we work through organisations that do. So we might work with the charity that is on the ground in a certain part of Australia working on uh, helping Indigenous kids, for example, and they might be part of a community group, they might be part of a homework club, they might be part of um, a charity or foundation that works in that area, and they will call upon us and say we've got, you know, 10 children that are really falling behind. They're not at school because absenteeism is very, very high in those remote locations sure. for various reasons. Um, they're falling behind. We're really worried about their progress. We can't seem to get anybody to help them. We've got no resources. We, we live 150 kilometres away from our nearest city, uh, and but we've got the MBN huh. um, and we've got a couple of computers. So that's all we need. Okay. We'll we'll um, we'll connect with either the the, the team leader or the uh, homework club um, committee or whoever it is that has that direct access to the children, uh, and we'll get their details and we will find a tutor for them depending on their needs, and then uh, we just basically bring them together and we we pre-organise sessions at certain times that both are available, and we run the sessions every week at the same time for an hour. Uh, over a 10 to 12 week period. Okay. So the kids have got that routine. They know what to expect. They have that ongoing relationship with their tutor because they're seeing them every week. So they're building that, that trust and rapport. They are. And, and, and it's vice versa because the tutor actually gets very, very um, attached to the students. Um, and they become like a mentor in some cases where they'll actually uh, 
you know, not just talk about the education and the literacy and the numeracy, mm-hmm. but they might discuss with them, well, you know, it's important to get an education, this is why. Um, and, in fact, in a lot of our cases we have Indigenous tutors which um, role model for mm. the Indigenous students. So they talk about their life and they talk about how hard it was growing up and some of them have very, very similar stories to these children that can relate to them and the kids just gravitate towards these tutors and just want to they want to talk to them and they want to ask them advice and uh, so it becomes more than just an educational system. It becomes almost like a, a mentoring session um, and a role modelling session which it, when it gets into that space, it's amazing. What a beautiful um, thing for you to be able to do is to know that you're connecting those people and that it's it's serving um, both the the mentor or the or the tutor and the student alike. Absolutely. It, in terms of these first 18 months, what kind of impact do you, do you think or do you know that Nita Tudor has has had already? Are there certain stories that stand out for you? Yeah, well, well we, we've only been probably tutoring in this space because we did start off as a generalist site, as I yes. said. We went down that road for a while and found that it was a really crowded market and really hard to, you know, make a name out there. There are so many tutoring companies out there. Um, so we were lucky because we were approached by a, a charity and we just we had never considered it. So, you know, I always believe you got to take opportunities when they come. Absolutely. Um, and that was my, you know, big lesson in terms of not saying, no, 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 we don't do that. Um, I said, no, I think we can we can help. And then uh, by taking them on, it just it sort of grew. Um, and a story from them in particular is a little boy who uh, is about three or four years behind. He's only eight. So, you know, he's really struggling at school, um, has learning difficulties, which many kids do, and lives in a remote location. Um, He's not at school as much as he should be due to other circumstances, Um, but he wants to learn, um, but just struggling with with being able to get the time with someone who can teach him. Mm. Uh, These locations, you know, around the Sullivan there are teachers there that you know, have 60, 70 children and are trying to look after them all um, and they move, you know, from home to these locations that are in the middle of nowhere. Um, so these teachers really need a hand. They've got no teacher's aides. They've got no resources that we have here in the city. Um, so this little boy has connected with an Indigenous uh, teacher from uh, Victoria. So, you know, they're miles away. Um, and this Indigenous teacher uh, has a real uh, a kind heart and he's, he's a lovely person and he has connected so well with this little boy and now the little boy has um, increased his um, attendance at school and is feeling a lot more confident in terms of being able to participate in what's happening at school. Um, So it's just, you know, small steps but after, you know, 10 weeks or so um, they re-enrolled this little boy because they just felt that the um, benefit he was getting was was pretty extraordinary. So that's a typical story that we're, we're finding at the moment. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, something I wanted to ask you was about the startup point and kind of going, we've got this idea, now what What do we do? Where do we start? You mentioned you had a web developer from a previous life, a previous you know um, role that you'd been in. So going, okay, well, we need platform. Like where do you even begin? Well, you know, that's, it's a, that's a crazy ride. Um, I think, you know, you've got to start by validating your idea. You've got to start by saying, well, you know, is there a market for this? Um, mm-hmm. And we thought we had a market. It ended up being a different market. But um, my struggles with my son made me realise that uh, 
if I couldn't access something like that easily, then other other people wouldn't either. So that's where it starts. You know, there's a need out there. I think I've got an idea that can help that need or fix that need, or we could, you know, do it better than people that are already doing it in that space. Um, and then it's really, you know, a leap of faith from there. Just you know, because it's so easy to say, well, no, nah, I'll just stick with my day job. Mm. It's a great idea. You know, maybe someone else will do it. Um, but I think you've just got to be able to uh, have the confidence in yourself to say, well, small steps, you know, and it takes a lot longer and it costs a lot more than you think. Mm. <laughs> that was my, one of my biggest lessons was I thought we'd have this thing up and running within, you know, a couple of months. It, it took at least 18 to get the platform right. Then we pre-launched. We did a soft launch. That took at least six to nine months before we started getting any traction or we started to, um, you know, look at the market, the segmentation and, and how we were going to operate. And then uh, we're continually, even now, you know, a couple of years down the track, we're continually trying to find more organisations to service, more funding, uh, more ways of engaging tutors. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a constant thing. It's not something that you sit back after a couple of years and go, yeah, look, you know, money's rolling in and everything's going great. Mm. Um, so I think it's just that that realisation that it, it is tough. It's really tough. Yeah. So you mentioned um, funding a couple of times. Just talk us through how that sort of um, works in terms of how you approach businesses or um, different companies for funding. How does that work for you? Yeah, well, we we actually self-funded the platform. So we'd actually paid for the platform before we had one session, which apparently in the world of startups is not really the way you're supposed to do these things. Um, And I found that out afterwards, but I didn't see another way of doing it because if we didn't have anything to offer, then how could we go to market? So um, I know that um, we were very lucky that we had the funds to um, be able to develop the platform. It wasn't cheap, but my business partner and I believed in it so much that we decided we'd pull it out of our own pockets, which we have. Um, So then the funding basically either comes from two sources. The funding comes from the charity or foundation that we engage with. So they pay us to uh, run the programs with their children. Uh, They pay us to um, pay the tutor because all our tutors are paid. We don't do a volunteer. Um, we have a strong vision that we should be rewarding someone for their time, but also it, it, it compels everybody to make sure they're there when they need to be. To it's make too, that commitment. Yeah, it's too easy to run away when you volunteer and say, I've got something better to do. I'm not getting paid anyway. So for those two reasons, we find that, um, you know, uh, it's valuable to, to pay the tutors. And then the second funding opportunity is corporate and organisations. Sorry, I'll just get you to repeat that. Sorry, just oh. I just lost you a little bit on the um, internet connection there. I'll just get you to repeat the second option. Oh, sure. The second option uh, was to find organisations or companies to fund us to be able to go to uh, charities or community groups and say uh, XYZ uh, has funded us to help your children. Um, So if you'd like to put forward X number of children, we're happy um, to pay for that through our corporate sponsor. And then, of course, the corporate sponsor can go back and say, this is what we're doing in this community. This is what we're funding. So it's great for them in terms of their corporate and social responsibility. It's great for us because we get to provide the service that we have and it's great for the uh, foundational community group because they get to service the children and not have to pay for it. Yes, it's a it's a win for everybody. 
Yeah, um, but it is hard. I've got to say, a lot of corporates, you know, they, they, um, yeah, it's there's a lot of knocking on doors. There's a lot of talking to people. There's a lot of um, uh, networking to get mm. to the right people and for them to see that it, it's a great opportunity for them as well. Yeah. So because of that, and that's a really good kind of lead into the next question, because of that constant sort of putting yourself out there, asking for that support, making sure your tutors are looked after, making sure your corporates are looked after, how do you look after you so that you can then stay on top of all those other things that you've got to do, plus family and all the other things that are in your life? How do you take care of yourself? Well, um, I work from home, so that for me personally is a great opportunity. I have an office, but I don't go in there that often, um, and that allows me obviously to be flexible. And and you know, I don't know if you're a mum or not. <laughs> you look too young to be a mum, but um, I'm not a mum, but I'm definitely old enough to be one. A couple of times over, probably. <laughs> well, when you when you're a mum like me, and I've got teenage children, so. Um, and I'm sure many of your listeners are also mothers. Uh, it, it, that flexibility is is just something you 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 have to have. You can't you can't you know work eight nine ten hours a day five days a week um, when you've got children that you know you want to be around as well. And I don't think it's fair on them. It's not fair on me. So for me, working from home, flexible. I'll be often on the computer eight thirty at night or nine o'clock or not at night. You know when the when I've had time with the children and now it's their time. Um, so have that flexibility is great for me. Uh, I exercise and I catch up with lots of friends. Um, you know, and I do think about the business a lot, uh, but I find it stimulating thinking about the business. So mm. it's it's not a chore because it's my business. Um, I think that makes all the difference when you're running something that you're that's yours. Uh, it's a completely different mindset. Yeah, definitely. Mm. If there are people listening that are thinking, you know, I've got this great idea or what I think is a great idea or, you know, me and some of the other mums from school or some of my neighbours or my girlfriends have got this idea, but look, you know, like you said before, this is just my day job. I I don't know how to do this. What, what um, is maybe some advice that you were given that you want to pay forward to them? Or what are some, what is some advice that you would give to other girls or women that are thinking that they might like to start, you know, even just something on the side that somehow, you know, makes their little patch in the community a, a bit better? Yeah, look, that's a great question. And I um, have since starting this joined a lot of groups with like-minded women. Um, I find it imperative when you work at home on your own, in most cases, to be able to chat to, to people and just, just chat about stuff, you know, business stuff, work stuff, personal stuff, whatever, uh, and bounce ideas. Um, and I think there's a lot of local groups. I'm involved in a number of local groups. I'm also involved in a number of, um, you know, like business chicks mm-hmm. uh, or meetups. Uh, and they're readily available on Facebook. You can just, you know, there's there's thousands of them out there catering for all different types of, you know, types of businesses at different stages. Um, so I just encourage them to maybe just hook up with a couple of these groups and just go and just go go to a couple of these sessions. Um, my local one cost me thirty five dollars. It's like-minded women in the local area, so I drive, drive five minutes down the road so it doesn't encroach too much of my time. They meet once a month and they have different people coming in with different guest speaker. And I think I've gotten something out of every single one of those group sessions. Um, not that everybody in that group session has given me business. In fact, no one has. Uh, it's not about going in there to, to spruik your services. It's more about just connecting with people that are that are 
thinking the same thing or have the same sort of points of view as you and just being able to validate that I'm not the only person that's struggling with this or, um, yeah, just just understanding that it's, it's not as easy as it looks like sometimes on LinkedIn. <laughs> you know, everybody's putting on all the great things that they're doing and you're thinking, well, what about me? You know, I'm struggling here and everybody's, you know, hitting the, these these targets and making all this money and, you know, kudos to them. Uh, it's not actually like that out there. Uh, and you, when you realise that, you go, you know, that's okay. It's okay for me to feel like this and be in this space. And talking to other women about it, you realise everybody, you know, is pretty much like that out there at this stage of, of, of a development of a, a startup. Um, so I'd really encourage them to get with other people and, and have a chat. Um, don't give up your day job unless you can afford to because um, I did it on the side for quite a while while earning an income and that income supported the startup. So, um, you know, that's something that unless you're in a really good situation, then I wouldn't do it. Um, uh, what else would I say? I'd say trust your instinct in a lot of cases because sometimes, you know, you, you could go one way, but I think women have a great instinctive intuition about things and um, my instinct to go with the charity as opposed to stick with mainstream was the best decision I made and that was a, a gut feel of yes this is this is where I need to be I don't need to be where I thought I needed to be I'm actually seeing that this is where my heart is you know with these kids um, and and that's you know it sits well with me I feel comfortable with what I'm doing so you've got to feel good about what you're doing you know it's not about making money all the time it's about oh, it's about making money, of course, because you wouldn't survive if you didn't. But it's about, you know, loving what you do. Mm, that's really great advice. And I think you touched on a really um, important point around social media, whether it's you're starting up a business, you're just trying to get through the day with the young family, you're single and you don't have kids, that whole thing on social media around like everyone's got their life together and everyone's got their shit together, excuse my language. And it's so... Just, just, I've heard so many people refer to it as the highlights reel and you just look at it and think, oh my gosh, that woman, like she's doing so well, she's studying this, she's got this business, she's making so much money. And it's like, no, it really, we're all just ducks on a pond with flat on the surface and underneath these crazy little legs just going, whatever our situation, mum or not, mum, married or not, whatever shape, size, colour you are and whatever your situation is, yep. that pressure around social media, I think it's so important to give other women permission to go, like you don't have to post anything, you can post really raw stuff or just you don't have to believe everything that you see on there and constantly be comparing. It's such a really great point. And I'm, I'm really glad that you said that because it, it is tough. There's more pressure than ever because we've all got this channel in which we can, you know, bear our soul, whether that, you know, good, bad or otherwise, I think it's a, it's a really great point. Something else you mentioned there around, um, you mentioned it at the start and, and just touched on it then again about being open to other opportunities, you know, not thinking about this charity path, but then that being that I think that also is a really great point and something that other guests have said too is have an idea of what you want to do, but also just have your blinkers off so that if another great opportunity comes past, you you see it and you can pick it up and touch it and feel it and see if it's for you and take it on board or send it on its way. If it's not, I think that's really important to have focus, but just to be open to whatever else is mm. is out there and, and that level of flex in your business to kind of see where it goes. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. I think that, um, and we call it the pivot, 
Mm. Um, I think that happens in every business. And if you if you if you look back at any business and you go back to the very beginning, very few of them end up where they started. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of people don't understand that it's okay to move the business into another direction if it presents itself or if it's not working where it is. It, it's not a failure. Um, you can't be dogmatic about, you know, where you want to be going because opportunities come up that you might miss. You won't see them. You won't see them. So this yeah. charity who approached me, I could very easily have said, look, I don't work in that space. Thank you very much, but no thanks. I'm going to continue doing what I thought I was doing at the time. I would have missed out on the, on that whole opportunity to pivot the business into another area. Mm. Um, and so I think you're right. A lot of people, you know, they start off with a great concept and a great idea, but you've just got to be flexible enough to say this I end up in a completely different direction than where I started and that's okay. Yep. It's okay to do that, yeah. Absolutely. And it's not it's not classified as a fail. No, absolutely it's, not. It's growth. It's opportunity. That's exactly what it's all about. It's not, you know, you don't have to pack it all up and go home. It's just like, awesome, how cool is this? I had no idea this was on our path or on our horizon and look at this amazing opportunity. Let's have a real solid think about it and if it's if it's absolutely. for me or for us. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've even had situations with friends of mine who, who, who've, you know, who've, who've had a startup and, you know, quite frankly, the numbers on startups surviving over five years are very, very, very low. So um, she was involved in a startup. It wasn't going so well. After a while, she thought, you know, I'm going to have to throw the towel in. Uh, and through that process, she met someone who offered her a job. And you know what? She ended up winding up the startup and went on to work in a particular job that she never would have ever encountered had she not started up the business. So right. that's a complete pivot into a, another area, but it ended up being something that um, a direction that she never would have headed in had she not, you know, had a startup and failed at a startup. So it wasn't mm. actually a failure at the end. She ended up with a great job out of it. Um, so, you know, I think that's it's the way you look at things and, yeah. and the opportunities that present themselves, you know. It's um, like that meme that you see on Facebook when it says when one door closes, open it. It's a door. That's what they're meant to do. Exactly. <laughs> you know, walk through, see what's on the other side. Exactly, you know, and I think, you know, you can you can really overthink things and you can get really caught up in self-importance and you know that's not what I want to do or that's not um that's not me well you know to some extent that's true you've got to stay true to yourself and your beliefs in what you're doing but mm. sometimes you've got to be a bit adventurous and say well you know that's not me but it could be or maybe mm. I'll give it a go um you know what's the worst that could happen totally so, um, and that's where we got the word bold for from is yeah. is that you know is being courageous taking a little bit of a a risk and seeing it will pay off either way, whatever it leads to, it will definitely pay off. And if not, you'll have some great stories to tell. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, it, it just, it's experience. Yeah, that's exactly right. Sorry. We just had a little bit of a pause there. Um, Bronwyn, where can people find you if they're interested in supporting you, if they're interested in coming on board as a tutor where can people yeah. find you to find out more and to contact you to to chat about different opportunities oh look our website's got pretty much all the information there it's a pretty simple site um but generally um we just ask them to email us and the email nat at needatutor.com.au um and then we'll get in touch with them and you know and and talk to them if they they would like tutoring if they know someone who you know an organization or a company that might be able to use us we're more than happy for them to you know contact even me direct or through the through the website 
www.needatutor.com.au. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to connect with more students, and you know, we'd love to have thousands, and if not hundreds of thousands of kids out there being helped by us in the future, that would be that would be a great goal. Yeah, that's amazing. Bronwyn, thank you so much for sharing um, the Nita Tutor story and a bit about what you're doing and and obviously how people can find you. I really appreciate your time and thank you for what you're doing to ensure that these young, beautiful children have the best chance at whatever it is that they want to do with their life by giving them that core education that they really need to set them up for success. Um, as Bronwyn mentioned, needatutor.com.au is where you can find out about supporting Nita Tutor, becoming one of the tutors or um, potentially sponsoring if you're working for an organization that may be able to do that. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode of The Bold Podcast. If this episode might be of interest to a family member or a friend, feel free to share the episode. We'd love it if you would um, rate and or review the podcast. Um, wherever you're listening. That really helps us to grow our listening group and to get all these beautiful stories like Bronwyn's out there to as many um, people as we can. If you'd like to know more about The Bold Platform, you can visit theboldplatform.com.au. We are the same on Facebook and Instagram. If you know someone that would make a great guest, feel free to jump onto the website and submit a story through the menu. We would love to hear of any other girls or women who are working on community projects and as I said before trying to really improve that little patch that um that they're working we'd really love to hear from any of those um those women or or tell us about yourself or someone that you might know so thank you again Bronwyn it's been great to have you on the bold platform oh thanks for the opportunity